Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And today, BJ, it is a different kind of show. You are in Chicago. You're watching the young kids get ready for the NBA draft. But we got to talk about the NBA playoffs, BJ, because our producer, Mike Midas, he's trying to stay positive. He's trying to stay happy. He's trying to stay, you know, as upbeat as possible. But the Philadelphia 76ers fall in game seven. We were worried about this. I have to get your reaction because this is the first time we've talked about this, this moment in time. Well, before the game started, I think we had a we had a show and I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta won. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. I, this series had a weird vibe to it. And I just I, I thought Philly, Philadelphia Philly was the better team. But I, I I wasn't convinced that the way the roster was currently constructed, that they could seal the deal because they've let they let too many opportunities seep through. Yep. See, you know, just literally game five, they were up what 16, 18 points. They lose. They come back, they win game six. And then you know, they were up 26 in one game. What game was that? What, that was I game five at home. Yeah, they was were up 26. Game, yeah. Game five. And then, no, oh, I'm sorry. Game six, they were up 16 or eight. What are those games? I can't remember. All these games run together. But the point being is this team, they they were just a tough group. Mm. They, 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 were, they were something was missing there all year. Okay, and um, I just didn't like the the chemistry. Talk about Philadelphia, but they had, and when it's all said and done, they still had the best record in the league. Yep, uh, and best record in the Eastern Conference, I should say. But the way the team was constructed, I didn't like the team chemistry. I didn't like the, you know, like when you looked at their roster, they didn't have a player who could play in screen role, you know. It's well documented about, you know, their problems with shooting. And then literally everything just fell apart for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. at the worst at the at the worst time. So, you know, so be it. I'm not gonna jump on the bandwagon and and start saying what they need to do and whose fault it was. Let's they lost. Give the Atlanta Hawks credit. Those guys hung in there. And uh, but certainly when you look at it, the Philadelphia 76ers had every opportunity to win that series. Absolutely. And they, and they didn't get the job done. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And we, uh, like we've said, we, we keep harping on it, but we, there was a point in time uh, where we looked around and said, you know, I think the majority of America would say that the Sixers were going to win that series in five games. They were going to win game four. They were going to go home for game five and seal it. Um, that did not happen. Uh, now we have a seven game series where they end up faltering uh, there at the end. Like you said, there, there's a lot of controversy now. A lot of people pointing fingers at Ben Simmons, pointing fingers at Doc Rivers, pointing fingers at everybody. But they, at the end of the day, there was a you're the guard guru, BJ. I mean, they were missing a point guard. They did not have a point guard. And then, you know, Doc was asked after the game, you know, do they need that to be addressed? And he said, I don't know yet. So Philadelphia is still trying to figure out who they are as a team, trying to figure out how it all fits together. But at the end of the day, you still have Joel Embiid. You still have the best record in the Eastern Conference. And you still have some building blocks to build on. So it's not the end of the world. It does seem like America right now is dumping on Philly as much as possible. Well, it, it 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 does, and it's it's, you know, th- this is how we do now in the media. <laughs> but you know, listen, this is what we asked for. But this is what we asked for. This is how we are currently in this age of building teams. Yep. Okay, we are in this age of where it is a philosophy that we have to acknowledge, right? You know. This tanking philosophy, which is based on getting bad so that you can get good players and then build a team without doing the following, right? There's no chemistry, okay? And there's no way when you do do or build a team that way that you can have the actual team construction of a team that's well-rounded and that can play a game where you can, you know, take into account offense, defense, who can play off the dribble, 
and all of those things. You got to have a, a delicate balance of playing. So, you know, this this blended style of play that's a championship caliber level of playing, that's not taken into consideration the way these teams are being constructed. Now, you know, when you, you talk to a guy in scouting, you'll hear some of the scouts say, you know, this guy has a he has a, a clean stat sheet. I was like, what's a clean stat sheet? Well, he only takes threes and he shoots layups. Mm. So I was like, really? That's a thing. Like, well, we want guys who have a clean, we want guys who have clean scouting reports. So what about this guy's co- contribution to winning? Well, we want guys who are the, so again, when you hear these things and you see these things and then you start looking around, you go, wait a minute. I'm watching Devin Booker shoot mid-range. I'm watching Chris Paul. Chris Paul shoot mid-range. I'm watching mm-hmm. Kevin Durant shoot mid-range. <laughs> I'm watching Kawhi Leonard. I'm watching all of these players. <laughs> the Sixers are, were begging Tobias Harris to make a mid-range shot. Okay, yeah. so I, I just, it, but it, 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 it's a mystery to me. But I'm going to be patient because this is the era. This is what we asked for. Everyone seems to think that you know this way of playing is the way, but every year. We we keep saying no, the team who defends and rebounds and <laughs> wins and and, and and it's like we're trying to reinvent what it means to play championship caliber basketball. So I'm not here to jump on who's the fault or who's to blame there in Philly. I'm not here to say just because all the 30 teams currently play the same way in the regular season. All I know is when you get to the playoffs. There's a style of play that currently works, right? Giannis is not, you know, he 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 does mid-range or layups or whatever. You can't have a consistent diet of playing that way and you expect to win, especially when we talk about championship caliber basketball. Clearly, it works, it can work in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about winning the final game of the season, I don't think the numbers tell you the whole story yeah we should use the numbers the num- the numbers don't bother me because they are a tool everyone understands how to read a scouting report if you play the game <laughs> yes or understand how to read the stats okay i should say so clearly there is use for the numbers but if you only use the numbers to me you're missing the entire picture and that to me is the lesson so until we take that into account, you know, this is what, to me, this was the final state. This is one of the final stages of saying maybe we should look at how we're building these teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you look at the, you know, the number one team all season, the Utah Jazz, we talk about records, and then you look at the right. you know Philadelphia 76ers, they're both out of the playoffs right now. So right. the regular season, as you're saying, is obviously a different game. And, you know, the pace and space infatuation that we have going on in basketball right now, it was built in, 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 in around an idea of two of the probably the best backcourt, as Mark Jackson said, ever. So it's like you're chasing something that might be a one-of-one type of situation anyway. You know what I mean? So it it does seem like it's a farce at some level. I I do want to ask you, BJ, just about the basketball itself because one of the things that I noticed in this game was Kevin Herter for the Hawks getting a lot of switches on on Seth Curry on the other end. Um, You know, was there anything basketball-related that you saw that Nate McMillan did that really put this great defensive team, the Sixers, in a position where they were uncomfortable because – that's how it felt in Game Seven. Well, when you're when you're coaching, Tate, I don't know if you've ever coached. Only only coach, YMCA yeah. kids, BJ. So you know, okay. very very surface level. Coaching <laughs> is about one thing, especially when you get to this level in the NBA, right? Yeah. So there is a a philosophy that has lived in the NBA forever, and I know there are people that. You know, you always want to have a play and say, you know, Tate's going to get his touches. And then, you know, our producer Midas is going to get his touches and BJ is going to get his touches. But when you are playing at a championship level, you have a you have a. You have an opportunity, you have an obligation, if you will, to make sure that. The best player in today's game 
gets the touches. Mm. And this is what I love about Ty Lue and Nate McMillan and all of these coaches in the playoffs. Because you don't know who is going to be your best player. Now, more times than not, it's probably going to, you hope that it's your star player. But listen, the kid Trey Young was not having a great game. No, he was like one for 15 at one point. Yep. But my man, <laughs> Herder, he had it going. Yep. And that to me is what makes the NBA game a special game is because every opportunity you have a chance to be that guy. Mm-hmm. It might be for a quarter. It might be for two. It might be for a series. You might have a, a matchup in this series. Like the kid Terrace Mann. We didn't know who was going to have the hot hand. Mm-hmm. But when you find the hot hand, you okay, feed him. Now, yep. You not let's let, let that's how we're gonna play. To me, that's what makes the NBA game different from any other game. Because if you're gonna be a championship caliber coach, you just can't coach your system. You gotta actually coach the game. Like, who thought was it is it Horder? Is that how you pronounce his last herder, name? Herder, herder. Herder. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Herder. Like a like a cow herder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Start raising your hand if you said Kevin Herder was gonna be the guy <laughs> that was gonna carry them in game seven. I didn't see that guy, but I don't know if he had a favorable matchup. Clearly, he thought he had a better matchup. Yep. But he had it going. And once Nate saw it, he rode that. My man, Lou Will, you find a hot hand, and your job is to get the ball to the guy. Now, Trey Young, for the most part, he 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 somehow he he's had the hot hand probably more times than not. But I love it when you start playing through other guys mm-hmm. because now it gives you an opportunity to stay in the game. You hang around, and you might just win it. And that's what happened in Atlanta. Mm. Hey, Kevin Herter did an excellent job. He showed up, had a great game. He had a great game, made tough shot, tough mid-range shots too. Yep, yep. I mean, and that's what you do. You get the ball to your best player. And you ride it, and you and you see what happens. And they hung around, and that's always a dangerous thing. You let a team just hang around like the Atlanta Hawks did. Yeah, there were eight straight possessions in the fourth quarter where Atlanta did not score. Uh, then they started and missed their first nine shots in the fourth quarter, and Philadelphia was only able to get a two-point lead during that period. So there were the opportunities for them to kind of stretch that game out. They were not able to do that. One of the things that I, I always harp on, you talk about the bigs, Joel Embiid, you know, the probably, you know, if it's not him, it's Jokic, the best big in basketball right now. But we always say the bigs need a guard to get them the basketball in the right positions. Right. And this Philadelphia right. team, as much as they tried to find a point guard with Maxi or, you know, Shake Milton coming off the bench, I mean, they, right. they tried to get George Hill involved. They don't have a guard to get him the ball. And that seems to be the most glaring, you know, problem when you look at the Sixers right now. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if I could speak, you know, as a, as a former executive, when you take over a team like Doc Rivers came and, you know, Daryl Morey and those guys, you look at the, con- you know, the roster construction. You look at how this team was constructed. You look at – and it's constructed in, in, in twofold, right? Economically, mm-hmm. long-term, you know, Ben Simmons is, is stretched out, you know. Uh, Tobias Harris now is three, four years out. Yep, I I believe uh, Joel Embiid is coming out, or he's he's eligible now for an extension or something. Yeah, like he's that, eligible right? for the supermax now. Yep. Okay, so now you have to start. Okay, so how are we going to construct this team? How are we going to build this team? And more importantly, is the chemistry there that gives us an opportunity to achieve? Are we a team that's trying to get to the playoffs? Are we a team? In this instance, you're talking about a team who feels they have the talent to win a championship. Now, when you look at their roster, they have a glaring weakness. They don't have a player really on their entire roster that can create off the dribble. Think about that, Tate. Think about that. They have the number one team in the in the Eastern Conference, right? The best record. But they have a glaring weakness because every team, especially the way the game is played today, yep. everyone tries to play downhill, right? You play downhill by creating off the dribble. 
and you want to be able to play screen roll and utilize screen roll. You want that guy to roll, and then you feel behind with shooters to space the floor so that you can have what Trey Young was doing to the Sixers the entire series. Yeah. Now, when you look at this team, okay, Doc Rivers inherited this team. Daryl Morey just gets on board, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. While they're figuring it out, they have the best record in the Eastern Conference. And a defensive player of the year, you know, candidate, an MVP right. candidate. Yeah. Now, it's not a balanced roster the way it's constructed, but it is what it is. It is what it is under the conditions in which the team was put together. Yep. Okay. You, 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 you it's not like those guys have been there two or three years and they say, okay, we're going to draft here, develop this guy here. They're like, they got this team. They settled in. They had no offseason, really. No offseason. They just kind of like, you know, now we can start blaming, but okay, if you want to start blaming, then you really, you probably have an experience constructing a team. Mm -hmm. So they achieve what they're supposed to achieve, but I'll say this, Tate, and you've heard me say it. If you have a glaring weakness or any weakness in your game, it will show up in the playoffs. Yep. This team has a glaring weakness at the lead guard position. I don't even know if you want to call it point guard at the lead guard position because you can't play that position and you can't score and you can't attack and get downhill. That's a problem. That's a problem in the NBA. You can't play that position if you can't shoot the three. Why? Because that's a spacing problem for everyone else on the floor. And there isn't anyone else on the roster, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and all the other guys, Danny Green, whoever else they want to put in there, where they can play off the dribble. Because we know that the game is going to demand at some point to get a shot up as the defense turns up the defensive pressure. Mm -hmm. In spite of all of this, they still have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and they should have won the series. And they <laughs> should have won the series, in spite of all of this. Now, yeah. the pressure mounted. Things happened, and suddenly, even though they didn't have that player, now it just it really it 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 really just kind of came together for the Atlanta Hawks at the right time, right? You know, whatever happened offensively with Ben Simmons happened. What happened with their team and their spacing happened. And they were able to exploit that because they had a player who could do not one, but could do. He could shoot and he could get downhill. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Which put pressure on Joel Embiid to deal with Capella. Because Joel Embiid had to give. He had to give multiple defensive efforts on every possession. Right. He had to cover the screen roll. And he had to cover the, the rim, guy protect was, the rim, yeah, protect the rim. And by the way, he had to score thirty point more points. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot to ask for a guy with a torn meniscus. Yeah, with a guy with a torn meniscus. Okay, now you 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 saw and you see the weaknesses with their group. I feel bad for the Philadelphia 76ers because now. You know, they go from having a great regular season to now it's huge disappointment. But I always go back to my lessons when I played. There's only two things happening in the NBA. There's winning and then there's misery. There's (laughs) there's nothing else in between. Mm -hmm. Okay? And clearly we know which team won and we know now where the misery is at. It's in the city of brotherly love right now. Yep. Okay? So all of us who are criticizing these guys, right, some of us never get a chance to experience the final game of the season to win. Some of us once, twice, whatever, you know, you've been fortunate enough to do. This is a journey. Clearly, the only thing that I will say to Ben Simmons is the following. The most impactful thing that's ever happened to me as a young kid playing the game is I was very fortunate to have a coach who asked me the following. He said, BJ, do I have permission to tell you the truth? And my answer shaped my entire future as a player. Because you that empowers you to figure out what is it you want to do. Ben Simmons, 
everyone knows you have talent. You can look at him. You can see his talent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't. You, you don't even have to scout. I'm here in Chicago to scout right now, but you don't have to look very. You don't have to look long, very long to see Ben Simmons has talent. Yeah, if he walks into the gym, we all look at him and say, oh, "Okay, yeah, okay, okay, we can see this." But now Ben and only Ben Simmons can answer this question: Do I have permission to tell you the truth? And whatever his response should be, should be what the Philadelphia 76ers and the organization should do. Because every player that's that's played in this league and had any level of success, they've all wanted to be coached. Mm -hmm. They've all wanted to be coached, okay? At some point, you got to either... Not avoiding the coaching, coaching. not trying to get away from it. Yeah, they, they want and, it. They want it head and, on. And you got to have truth tellers with it. They can't be like, I can't be tiptoeing around the fact. If I ask Tate, Tate, do I have permission to coach you? You can't be like, ah, well, BJ, well. It's either yes or no. Because if you if you want to be coached, then we're only coming here for one reason. So I think Ben Simmons, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know him. I'm not trying to say what the Sixers should do. But I do know he has talent. Mm -hmm. And I know you need talent to win. And, and okay. defensive talent is there. You know what I mean? We we understand that the defensive talent is there. I mean, there, there's just another glaring weakness that Nate McMillan and the Hawks, they that's, all exposed. And now you have to either address that or change who you are. And whatever his response should be the response of the Sixers. Yep. If he says now, yes, we're all in. He's our guy. We're, we're yes. going to get Ben right. If I, I have full confidence that Doc Rivers and staff know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But the question can only be answered by one person, Ben Simmons. That's the only person can answer it. Yeah, th and this I, isn't I, the I, time I, for brand plays. This isn't the time for being a star. This is about basketball. Do you want to be do you want to be better at the game of basketball? You have a 24-year-old kid yep. with all of the talent. Now, here we are. Do you want to be coached? Mm-hmm. And however he answers that, that's how we're going to move forward. But it's on him. And that, to me, is the most impactful thing that a young player will have to answer. You, you, every player that plays has to answer that, whether they are aware of it or not. And if you want to be coached, then you're all in. If you don't want to be coached, okay, you just told me. Uh, this is not for you. You... Maybe she's go do something else. Yeah. And that's okay, too. That's okay. But at least I asked out of respect. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just want to get a read on the situation. And and I to be honest with you, I was very excited about him playing for Team Australia because I thought, you know, that is a country that loves the game of basketball, has a lot of bright minds in the game of basketball, a lot of players that I think he would benefit being around. Um, and I was excited to see him play for his country. And now it seems like he's not going to do that because he's going to focus on, uh, you know, his own summer personal workout. So I, I, I don't know what, what the answer is, but I was hoping I could see I'm him say, internationally. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Not as old school, not as a new school. I'm going to say as just <laughs> this is what it is. I asked, do I have permission to tell you the truth? You can only get better by playing in the game. Yes. So when you opt out of playing in the game, that says yeah, that now, says something. Yeah. Now, I, all of this working out, I, I, I've never gotten better playing well in practice. Mm -hmm. It only happened for me. It will only happen for you. It will only happen for any player that has to perform at 730 in the game. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's a mental thing at times. I, to be I, honest. I, again, I'm not pretending until he tells me what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to make any conclusions here. You just tell me. You tell me. You, but I'm going to ask you <laughs> and give you an option. Do I have permission to tell you what I see? Because he can't see what I see. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, young people get in their feelings. That's why you're young. You're supposed to be in your feelings. And I'm not mad. <laughs> Whatever Ben is going through, you let me know when you're ready. To hear the truth. 
Doesn't have to be today. Doesn't because have to be tomorrow. That's gonna, that's Just tell me when. Two things that happen: somebody to talk and somebody to listen. Because you, you can't learn if you're talking. Mm-hmm. And you can't and you can't learn if you're not listening. You know what I mean? That's what. So okay. Now I don't know what Ben is going to say, and I'm not. But if he wants, he's got the talent. See, there's the key. Everybody want to work hard. If you working hard, you ain't got no talent. It don't really matter. <laughs> Ben Simmons has all of the talent and all of the necessary ingredients to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to ask for permission. I ain't going to just come up and talk to him and assume that he wants the same thing I want. That, that, that's, that, that, I've been around that would, too long. That would be naive, yeah. I'm a parent. I, for me to think that my kids, that'd be like me thinking that my kids all want to play basketball because I played basketball. No. None of my kids play basketball. <laughs> That's true. <real. laughs> okay. I got my greatest lesson. Take this is a true story. And I hope my son, my oldest son, doesn't mind me telling it. My oldest son was uh like, I don't know, he couldn't have been no older than eight or nine years old at the time. He was a little kid at the time. He's 20 now. Couldn't have been more than eight or nine. And we're playing his first game. I was so proud as a dad, you know. You know, I got the I got the Gatorade, I got the towels. I'm ready to go, you know, I'm ready to go, you know. I'm ready to, you know, Coach I'm like, BJ. okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, ex exactly. So I'm playing my position. I'm sitting where the parents sit. And my son walks by and you know, I'm like, hey, you know, da 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 da. He looks at me with a straight face. He goes, hey, dad, you're not the coach. He said that with no hesitation. He said, hey, dad, you're not the coach. So all of the parents looked at me. And I, from that moment on, I knew my place with my own kids. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to see me coach him. He wanted me to be a dad. Yeah. And I and, and I learned that he could he, he couldn't have been more than seven, eight years old. He probably was younger than that. But he said it with such conviction. No, that gentleman over there is the coach. So you know what I've done ever since then, Tate? I got my position. I know I get the Gatorade, I get the towels, and I <laughs> sit on the sideline and I keep my mouth closed. Because mm -hmm. my son did not want me to coach him. He wanted me to be the dad. You, you the dad. You brought me here. You got the Gatorade. <laughs> You're going to take you, me you, home afterwards. We'll get a snack. Afterwards, <laughs> and we'll get, hey, I want my a happy meal, like you said, <laughs> to get me here. That's what he wanted. <laughs> yep. Ben Simmons. I don't know what he wants. It's because I approach this as a parent. Okay, because as a parent, Tate, you don't coach players. You coach people. Mm. You coach people. Because as a parent, I have an enormous responsibility. I want to help my kids and try to help them get to places that probably they didn't even think were possible. At least give them the opportunity to reach their full potential. And that means I got to listen to them. Now, when I hear people criticizing Ben Simmons, my thing is, here I am in Chicago. I went and saw Ben Simmons play in Australia as a young kid. Mm. I knew back then he couldn't shoot. So why all of a sudden, five or six years later, <laughs> people saying, oh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Ben, Tate, he was doing this. From the jump. In, okay. co in college, it was a problem. You if know I what can I mean? put my executive hat on for just one second, Ben, I, Ben, Tate, <laughs> I haven't seen or spoken with one scout or executive who told me they thought Ben Simmons suddenly was going to be a 20 plus score in the NBA. So, where did all this chit chatter come on? Well, he, he doesn't shoot. He doesn't, he's never shot. Mm. He's never shot. 
tape. Ben Simmons has never shot the basketball consistently from the perimeter. Yeah, in fact, his entire, you know, when we when he was first coming into the scene, everyone was talking about, is he right-handed, is he left-handed, because it looks so off, and, yeah. you know, I mean, so it's been the conversation. A, so why all of a sudden... <laughs> Do we expect it to be Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell or one of these guys? Yeah, it was not. like, so I had to go back and look at my notes. I was like, oh, okay. That's not what he does. He's a facilitator. He's an initiator. He's a 6'10 kid, great size, quickness, speed, da-da-da. Guard one through five. Yeah, I mean, but all I that stuff. I was like, where did all of a sudden the shooting? When, when did we all of a sudden start saying, oh, Ben Simmons should shoot, Tate? So the skill set that's required to put together a team around his talent of what he does is going to require some really deep thinking and chemistry and all of those things if you're going to win with this player. But if you're expecting Ben Simmons to suddenly be the first or second option on the offensive end, well, oh, okay, you, you just told on yourself. You haven't been watching it. <laughs> you never watched him. <laughs> you just told on yourself. <laughs> I went over to Sydney, Australia. Yep. Okay. And watched him play, and I was like, okay, I see what everybody's talking about. But I didn't see a guy that said, okay, this guy, is, I'm, I can just throw him the ball, and he's going to give me 25 a night because he can put the ball. I didn't see it. I didn't see it then. I didn't see it now. So what are everybody talking about? I'm looking around like, what's everybody talking about? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the same Ben Simmons I saw. That he he That's the same guy I saw. I've never seen him be instinctively aggressive on the offensive end other than attacking the basket. Mm -hmm. And even that now has changed because of the free throw part of it. Yeah. Well, or it did in the playoffs. But in the playoffs, they're defending him different. Mm -hmm. The, the, The teams get a little better. I mean, he's playing against pros. Like, you know, I saw him in Australia. I didn't see him playing against pros. I didn't see him getting game plan against caliber coaches like Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw him playing in Australia versus the players they were playing against. He is a physically imposing player. He's 6'10". He's, I mean, he's been big ever since I saw him. He's quick. He's athletic. Right hand, left hand. I mean, he, he, he he's working with some tools now. But I've never seen him exhibit footwork to say this guy's going to be a good offensive player. I've never seen him get to a, a spot on the floor and pull up and shoot it. I've never seen him just go to the post. I've seen him with the, the physical capability. He could run, jump, quick, handle it a little bit. Yeah, in the in the open court, it. he's unstoppable. I, I've seen it. Now, I can, only, I can only report back in my scouting report what I've seen. Nowhere in my scouting report said, this is a 20-point score. Nowhere. Nowhere. Now, the game now, as you know, Tate, it's it's a game now where three-point shooting is, is valued. Okay. So the game for the bigs, for instance, the bigs now are stretching out to the, you know, to the to the three-point line. Okay, we saw. We're looking at a, a league now where Brooke Lopez and these guys are literally stretch fives. Mm. Okay, so the bigs have had to adjust, and somewhere in the last four or five years, you know, Ben Simmons suddenly now, hey Ben, you, you got to start shooting a three. Okay, you know what I feel about Giannis, and I'm going to go back to the words I just used. Talking about Ben Simmons. Say what you want to about Giannis. He has remained instinctively aggressive when it comes to shooting the three-point ball and scoring. And I, I, I think Ben Simmons is instinctively passive. I, I, I'm going to ask. I'm going <laughs> to ask, ask him. him. Do yeah. I have permission? Yeah, 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 I don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. It might be something he sees mm-hmm. that I can't see. You understand? Yeah. I'm a parent. Tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to coach a player and make you see what I'm seeing. 
tell me what the world looks like from your viewpoint and let's figure it out because I know you got the talent. Mm-hmm. Giannis, I know right now, is not a consistent three-point shooter. But through this process we're going through with him, he has remained instinctively aggressive. So much so that I saw a man bank a three-point shot in game seven. And then and then laugh about it with the other team as he ran back on defense. Yeah, and that, okay. and that got in their then head. That, <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. Okay, good shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, something <laughs> is with him where he does to me what you want every elite player to do. He gives 100%, 100% of the time without hesitation. Everybody's telling him, don't shoot threes. He did not take a three-point shot in game six and turns around in game seven and shot it with confidence. You can't <laughs> be mad at that. <laughs> so he, to me, is exhibiting what you want every great player to exhibit. I believe in me because I'm going to ask as a role player. See, I, be, I, I became a really, really good role player in the NBA. Because I recognize that these guys who are great players, they're really, really, really good. It's not that I didn't want to be really, really good. <laughs> it's just that they had some they, they had some tools they were working with that I just didn't have. Yeah, the ba- the bag's and a little with, different, a little deeper. And, yeah. And I wasn't gonna have it. Okay. So I better figure out how to be a role player. And as a role player, I was gonna follow a guy who believed in himself. Cause if we ran a play for this guy out of a timeout. I didn't want to see him hesitate. If he missed it, I was comfortable with that as a role player. What I did want to see is we ran a play for you and then you hesitate. That violates the responsibility of why we were running the play. We ran this play because we we thought, the coaches thought, the players who walked out of the huddle thought that you gave us the best opportunity to win the game. You have a responsibility. Yeah, now you're disrespecting that responsibility we gave you to shoot that shot Mm -hmm. if if we wanted player x to shoot it and you'd pass the ball we would have designed a play for player x Mm -hmm. we designed a play for you to shoot it and i will live with the results that's the difference now this kid Giannis, he believes in himself and i love that about him i love that about him Everybody keep he he's he's blocked out all the noise. Everybody keep telling him, "Oh, he needs to do this. Oh, he needs to do that. Oh, he can't do this." No, oh, man, that dude kid, that kid said, "Nah, I know what I can do. You may not know what I can do, but I know what I can do." And and, and what he's telling me is, "I done put this work in to do it." Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. That he, I done put this work in to do it. So I know it's gonna happen for me because I already put the work in. Now, I think, going back to our good friend Ben Simmons, Ben, i just going to ask you the question. Because you got all of the things I'm looking for. You got everything I'm looking for. Size, I mean, soft hands. He can got touch. pass, yeah. touch. He's got everything I'm looking for. But if you want to be a great player, Take the next step. And and, and 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 I've never met a great player who didn't want to be coached. I've never met one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't I don't think it's possible to be a great player and not want to be coached. Why? Because you have to improve. Why? Because the defenses are going to always change. Because your talent is that great. Not like you're forced to be coached either. I mean, I think that's that's you, where we're at. You gotta too. want it. Yeah. You gotta you you say what you want. You know, you take a you take a look at this generation's best player. LeBron James. LeBron James is a totally different player than when he came in this league 17, 18 years ago. Absolutely. He's a totally different player now than he was just five years ago. Mm-hmm. He because, didn't do that on his own. Well, because it used to be force. Oh, it was only force. And then he had to develop okay. his skills. LeBron James, only through failure do you learn. Mm-hmm. So at one point, he was without questioning the best athlete on the floor he may still be the best athlete but these teams and these players are all so good that they can take away something they may not be able to take away everything but they can take away something 
So, oh, that's when your footwork comes into play. That's when your shooting comes into play. That's when your confidence comes into play. That's when all of the things that you just can't physically dominate comes into play. And we saw that. We saw that in 2011. I mean, Dallas put the onus on LeBron and said, you can take these mid-range shots and you can go down the post if you want to. And he didn't have a post game or the mid-range shot. And then he came back in 2012 and had all that. (laughs) I mean, so again, that's all I, that's, that's my only question for him. I don't have nothing to say about the series. Hey, if you're going to be a great player, tell you, I'm going to give you a little secret. You better have a short memory. Yeah. I mean, Tragic Johnson, we all remember. I mean, there have been moments where all these great players have been kicked down and they've bounced back. You better have a short memory. If you don't have a short memory, you can't be a great player. Okay? So this is what I'm saying. So it's not even, it makes no sense for me to even say anything about him. I'm just going to ask you. So you can tell me the truth. So I want you to tell me what you're trying to do, Ben. Because that's the only question I ask a player. I don't ask the players no more who they want to be, what they want to be. They're all going to say they want to be a great player. But you can show me better than you can tell me. Mm-hmm. Because he's working with some he working with some skill. Now, if somebody could get through to Ben Simmons, whew, they got a special player. They got a special player. There's room in this league for what Ben Simmons can provide to a team. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. There's room. Ben Simmons, and then I'm, and we can move on. Ben Simmons has the ability to play with great players because he doesn't really necessarily need the ball to participate. But again, do you want to be coached? Do you do you have the ability for somebody to tell you the truth? And I, I can't answer that one, and I'm not going to even attempt to answer it. Because everybody is different in the way they approach it, the way they think about it. But certainly his talent speaks for itself. Yeah. And I mean, all I can think about is if, you know, you get him down on the block where he can turn around with that left hand or that right hand, either hand is a W for him. I mean, I you can see the signs where Ben could be, uh, like you said, I mean, he could evolve his game into a certain you know, type of player. You know, Ben, hopefully someday you have kids. I had the same coach tell me, he said, BJ, you know who messed up the football teams? I was like, who? He was like, the running backs, the cornerbacks, and the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Those guys got all the energy. (laughs) They're the ones. Okay. It's always important not to project on a player with the talent what you would do if you had it. Mm -hmm. See, if if I gave Ben Simmons talent to take, Tate would go score 45 or 50 points. <laughs> because Tate is already saying, oh, I'm going right to the box. And I'm going to punish these dudes. Because Tate is like the running backs and the wide receivers and the cornerbacks. Because Tate is not like the lineman who got to touch and do all of the work in between every single play. <laughs> you see, us little guys in basketball, we, we can mess up everything. Mm-hmm. If I was that big, this is what I would do. <laughs> you see, see how quickly we do that. Yeah. If I was, man, if I was, you look at Ben Simmons, you go, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. All, all, like a, all the point guards in practice that are picking up man, Ben you, Simmons. Tate is going. This dude is six ten, two hundred forty five pounds. If I was that, I would be crushing dudes. <laughs> okay, we can't do that because. We don't know his mindset. Yep. You see, I I will never know the mindset of Magic Johnson. That's why there's never have it, it hasn't ever it, there's never been another Magic Johnson. So clearly, Magic from his viewpoint, he sees something that the rest of us didn't see. Mm-hmm. That's why now, there's been a lot of people that has tried to imitate Magic Johnson, but there's never been one. Where you say that's Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. because from his advantage point, there's something that he sees or he saw that's unique to him. That's why he played the way he played. Mm. The moment we start saying what we would do with that talent, Ben Simmons, I've watched this kid long enough to know Ben Simmons doesn't think this way. 
hey, man, I'm going to go into boxing. I'm just going to punish people. <laughs> That's not his game. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's important for me if we go coach this kid. Now, if we're not going to coach him, you oh, you just want to tell him what to do. Ben, do I have permission <laughs> to tell you the truth? Mm. It's important. See, he going to shut Tate out. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like throw it over the shoulder, man. Either hand, you're like man, you're Either like man, just, you're like Tate is like the guy, man. Just get on the box, man. And just go yeah. score. That's it. <laughs> okay, just, just you use your advantage. Now the reason I say this is because when you play with a small forward or a a, a player that can do multiple things, you have to keep him engaged. He's like an advanced kid. You can't just. He can't just do the same things as the other kids because his attention span, you know, it's like, like Scotty. Mm-hmm. Scott, if I just made Scotty Pippen into a score, he wouldn't have been Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. He, he posts a little bit. <laughs> he shoot the three a little bit. He shoot the mid range a little bit. You're saying like Phil would Phil would let him work with the bigs and the guards. You let Scotty worked with everybody. That's why everybody on the team always loved Scotty. He did a little bit of everything, you know. He guard what I mean, think about it. Sometimes he did guard the point guard, mm-hmm. and other times he would go guard the small forwards. Sometimes he guarded Bill Lambeer, a center. Then he would go guard the power forward. He would play point guard sometimes. He would play Point forward sometime. He would pl- he he just he just you know he floated he just floated. Ben Simmons, that's what he is. Like he is not like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I don't care who he playing with, is gonna score the ball. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Durant is playing with Kyrie Irving and James Harden <laughs> and all those guys, but in the end, Kevin Durant, he's, he t- he t- he t- he tells you. This is what I do. I score. Now, I'll pass it, but I score. That's what I do. And for the most part, people love that because you're like, man, he should score. Yeah, he's so aggressive. Michael Jordan. Here's the one thing that people don't ever say about him, but let's say it here. I've never seen him defer to anybody. Tate, I've never seen him defer in an all-star game, the Olympics, in the pros, a pickup game. I've never seen him defer to anybody. Everybody talk about they want to be Michael Jordan. Is your personality really cut like that? Mm -hmm. I've never seen him defer to anybody. Because you have to live with the results, and I think everybody wants to be the star, but they don't want to miss the shot that the star is supposed to make and then live with it, you know? That's the difference. Everybody say they want to be the star. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. I've never seen him defer to anybody. Tate, I made, I can make nine shots in a row. Is there any doubt who's going to take the, the game winner? Mm-mm. And who's going to come get the ball? And the other team knows it. I mean, there's a Tate, mental aspect of that, too. I saw him do this in the Olympics with the Dream Team. I saw him do it in every All-Star game he's ever played with. I saw him do it in every game he's played with in the NBA. I've never seen him defer. Mm. So everybody tell me, this guy's Jordan. No, no, no. Listen, what he, I ain't never seen a man to defer. <laughs> Just like pass the ball because you think this guy gives you the best chance to win. That's not happening. Tate, we played in we played in the finals. Michael Jordan couldn't make a shot against Portland. I can't remember game one of them games, game six or whatever, closeout game. Michael Jordan couldn't make a shot. We down fourteen points going to so or fourteen some or so points going to the fourth quarter. The bench comes back. You know what Michael Jordan said? Phil, put me back in the game. <laughs> I promise you, I I I I I won't lose this. <laughs> and you know what? 
put him back in the game. Now, wait a minute. He's been playing bad the first 40 minutes of the game in a closeout game. Where did he get the confidence tape to say, oh, I can do it now, though? And went out there and did it against pros, Tate. <laughs> Either you have that or you don't. So you 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 can't go work for that. You ain't gonna find that in a workout. Yeah, that's not gonna happen in the summer shooting you ain't session. Gonna, you're yeah. not gonna find that. No coach is gonna tell you that. You might hear it. Either you have it or you don't. You can't. If you want to be great, I tell everybody: if you want to be great, you better have a short memory. Because it's impossible to be great with a memory. Mm. See, when I watch Devin Booker play, the beautiful thing about watching Devin Booker play this year is last, in years past, Devin Booker, you, you would see, and I've only heard one other player say this, but I'm sure it's probably been around, but I've only heard one other player say, Devin Booker, you know, he, 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 he's, he's, he's terrific. He can, he can hunt down a shot, and he can make that tough shot. This year, what Devin Booker's doing as compared to years past, he's just not turning down any shots. But there's a difference. <laughs> it's the difference between hunting down a shot and not turning down a shot. Devin Booker ain't turning down no shots right now. Mm -hmm. If he has a little bit of airspace, it's going up. See, there's a difference. T to, the, to the eye, it looks the same. No, there's a difference between hunting down a shot and not turning down a shot. I've only heard one other person say that, and that was Larry Bird. Larry Bird say, I never go out there looking for a shot, but don't I ain't going to never turn down one. Now, Devin Booker right now, I've only heard Larry Bird say it, but I'm sure there's been other. I'm sure George Gervin, I'm sure Alex English, Michael Jordan, I'm sure they all thought the same thing. You don't turn down no shots in this league. I don't care if you can or you can't shoot. Don't turn it down. It's all about FGAs. It's all about FGAs. That's why when Ben Simmons takes three shots the entire series in the fourth quarter, you have people that are saying, just put up a shot. Just put the shot up. I'll live with it. Yeah. That's why I put you out there. Yeah, you airball it. I don't care. I think that's that that's that like what's the worst that could happen, you know? Ben, have a short memory. Yep. Now. But it's gonna start with that one question. And I hope he asks somebody. I hope he asks. Because if he does, oh man, right. we'll be talking about this moment, like we talked about the late Kobe Bryant. Remember when he shot those air balls? Yep, in Utah. Yep, in Utah. He shot it. He shot it, and I remember going, "Oh wow, he's going to be fantastic." I remember. I, I I was like, "Oh, this kid got confident." I was like, "Oh wow." Yeah, it was, it was, it was I, I, like a shock to the system. You're like, oh, he thinks he's supposed he, to be that guy. Be, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is that guy. And then he was <laughs> that guy, said, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, oh wow, that's pretty good. I was like, and he did that on the road. I remember, I, yeah. I was, I remember, I was just watching the game, and I, just, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, he working with something. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh wow, I'm gonna watch him with great interest, <laughs> with great interest. Here we are. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited about the season next year because I want to see who's who, what's what. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are, you know, Donovan Mitchell with the Utah Jazz. You know, he said that, you know, he's going to be sick to his stomach watching the rest of these series. Ben Simmons. be fascinating to see how, the, how he comes back. And Devin Booker, you mentioned, these guys are all 24 years old. And they're all, you know, right there on the precipice of, you know, kind of making that leap into that next tier. And, uh BJ, before we get out of here, is there any uh, anything as you look at the conference finals that stood out to you so far? We obviously don't have Kawhi Leonard, don't have Paul George. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't have uh, Chris Paul uh, in this series with the Suns and the Clippers. But is there anything that stood out to you so far in the Western Conference, uh, you know, finals that we've seen? Well, you know, this is Game One, and Devin Booker was sensational in Game One. Yep. And I'm really interested 
I'm interested to see what Ty Lu and company how they're going to defend Devin Booker. Yep. And Agreed. I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was, was Maxi. I thought it was going to be Maxi as as they did with Donovan Mitchell for a little while, but uh, I think Booker handled that. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. I'm sorry, not Maxi uh, Man. Maxie. Sorry. Yeah. Terrence yeah. Um, you know the, the the Clippers elected to go small in that series versus the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. They stayed big because of the presence of DeAndre Ayton. Yep. With Zubak and. Give Coach Monty Williams. I mean, this is why I love the NBA. These guys are so sophisticated. They're so good, right? In one hand, they took away the role guy with with Aiden, but then you gave up the mid range to Devin Booker mm-hmm. because they were playing a, a literally a soft drop every time he got the screen. They really only ran one play in the entire second half because if you look at the game, Devin Booker didn't come out the entire game mm-hmm. in the second half. So they ran one play, and the Clippers didn't switch their defense, right? They didn't, like, go small and double them. They didn't, you know... They lived with it. Trap them hard. They didn't force him to drive the basket and play defense from behind. They just said, you know what? Just don't let him get to the basket. You guys figure out how to get to the what's the name. Let's keep Aiden from getting offensive rebounds. Yep. And then we'll see what happens. And he elected to do that. So... They have options. They can double him. They can go small. They can trap him, get the ball out of his hand, maybe trap him early. So they got some options they can do. I like the fact that it was a competitive game. And then they elected to do the same thing on the offensive end. They went at DeAndre Ayton every single time. Mm -hmm. And Paul George and these guys played great in the third quarter. And they just came up a little short in the fourth quarter. So overall, it was a great game. Devin Booker was terrific. This is a very winnable game, especially on the road. You know, the first game when you're on the road, I always look at it. It's like a free game. It's like a it's like a free shot. It's like a mulligan. You know, you're like, okay. That's why we have so many aberrations, I feel like, in that game one. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a lot yeah, of anomalies. You, 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 yeah. So it puts more pressure to me to win the first game if you're the home team. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's important for, for the uh, Phoenix Suns to, to win game two because – Right now, they're playing with house money, the Clippers. They're playing with house money. If they get one out of the first two games and they go home and win two, they're up 3-1. So it's important for them to win the series. I know they're feeling – Phoenix play – they've been playing well all along. I think they can win on the road too in this series. But I didn't see anything particular that I said, oh, they have a – they're they're dominating the series in game one. Sometimes you'll see something you'll be like, oh, there's nothing they can do about that. They can they can elect to do something different against against Booker. Yep. Now give Devin credit. Devin not only shot the ball well, he passed the ball well too. He did a terrific job. Yeah, tri- first triple double ever in his career. Yeah, he did, he he was, he was he was sensational. Right. He mm-hmm. played like a true superstar. Now, but I know the Clippers can do something. They can they can go get him in the backcourt. They can do something. Because he's essentially their point guard right now. Yeah, exactly. Until Chris Paul gets back, I can target on him. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know Bridges starts making shots, Crowder, and we live with that, okay. Now all of a sudden, you've opened up the game. Okay. Well, they didn't open up the game. One guy took over the game. <laughs> Devin Booker literally took over the game. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays. We'll see what happens. But I was okay. I feel good about it if I'm the Clippers. I know I can put DeAndre Ayton in screen roles. I know I can do certain things. And more importantly, I know I can get up good shots. Yep. Now, whether or not you make them, you know, the execution is the most important thing. But overall, I thought it was a well-played game, good basketball, and uh, we'll see how uh, game two plays out. Yeah, it's pretty good. For the listeners at home, uh, this is the first time NBA. We had the final four teams. Not one of them has won a championship since the ABA-NBA merger. Uh, the only team that has is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the St. Louis Hawks won back in the ABA. But these are all new franchises, new faces on the biggest stage. And I think, you know, for the casual fans at home, BJ, it's a lot of fun because we, we haven't seen this before. We got so used to seeing the Warriors and LeBron James and, you know, the usual suspects. Now it's right. we got Paul George versus Devin Booker. We can talk about the stars of that series. And now we got Giannis Antetokounmpo versus Trey Young. So that's a very different uh, NBA and it'll be a lot of fun. 
Yes, it will be, my friend. So we'll see. Let the games begin. Yep. Well, enjoy Chicago. Enjoy the Combine. And again, uh, we'll be back later in the week. BJ, if you're in water. Hey, make waves, my friend. (laughs) We'll see you later in the week.